Truth News Network. Chaos at the border. Elected officials who don't know where they are, why they're there, or what their job is. Officials who laugh like hyenas when questioned. And when they answer, it reads like science fiction. How do you navigate this sewage? With the ship of truth. TNN. The Truth News Network. And your captain today is Dan Newman. Come on aboard the good ship Truth. We're right in the middle of that. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Truth News Network, TNN Live, produced by www.truthnewsnet.org. I'm Dan Newman, and I want to welcome you here. Pretty much every day, we're having new folks that are finding us, finding out about us, uh, and that's primarily coming from the fact that you guys out there are telling people, hey, check this out, and we're thankful for that, and all we do Just dig, 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 dig and find information, find facts. We verify things that we're told pretty much every day, folks. I'm inundated with links and story story sources and information that we dig into. And we verify a lot of things from those things that you send to us. And I want to thank you for that. This is a group effort. This isn't something that I do on my own. It's something I do with a lot of support outside and inside my inner circle. And I'm glad for all of you. God puts the right people in our lives at the right times. What is that old saying? For such a time as this. And where I am right now and where you are right now, there's extreme purpose for us being where we are. I mean, life's not just a big accident. No, especially if if you're a Christian. It's not where you are, what you're doing, who you're doing it with are not just accidental things. All things work together for the good of them that love God and are called according to his purpose. And many of us fit that mold, right? If you don't, you need to get in that mold because it makes a lot of the pressure, a lot of the heartache, a lot of the fear and the uncertainty of living life, it makes it kind of go away. At least if it hangs around, we're able to deal with it. And it's not magic, folks. You can do the same thing. Well, right now, there's a really bad situation that uh, is going on up, in not in Manhattan, but, but across the bridge in Brooklyn, New York. Cops have concerned, confirmed that a shooting there, now 15 injured, the injury reports. And you can imagine, I, if you're familiar with, with New York, I love New York. My wife and I are kids. We really like New York. And Marianne's favorite restaurant in the world is the River Cafe, which we usually stay in Manhattan, Midtown. And when you go across the Brooklyn Bridge, the River Cafe is literally directly below on the Brooklyn side of the Brooklyn Bridge. And that's Highway 278. When you cross Brooklyn Bridge, you're on Highway 278. And just to give you an idea where this incident is taking place right now, it's in Brooklyn the 32nd Street substation, subway station, and where that is so you can get a proximity is you cross the Brooklyn Bridge and about a half mile up, 278 makes kind of a sharp um, rounded off curve to the right. And about a half mile south after you make that curve, the 32nd Street subway station is right there. A lot of commuters take it. And this bombing, it looks like it is a bombing. It's a shooting combined with bombing obviously was planned for rush hour in Manhattan and Brooklyn. 
And so there were a lot of people hurt there. Some pretty gory pictures coming out that show a lot of blood. So there are incendiary devices, the bomb squads on site there. We're going to keep our eyes on it during the show today. And if anything huge comes up, other than the fact that we need to pray for those people in Brooklyn that literally are down. When I saw the uh, the little bit of live video from the floor of the station, several men laying there, there was blood everywhere. So I don't think it's just shooting. I think there's been some kind of explosion. Our hearts and thoughts go out to those people. We'll pray for them. You do the same thing. Man, have you looked at our front page of the Truth News Net website today? Our front page story Man, was it timely. The title of it is Biden Blames Putin and U.S. Oil Companies for Crazy Prices. Facts say the fault is Joe's. Now, I'm not going to go into the story right now and get into the meat of it, but let me tell you what it's referencing. And when I wrote the story, and it was published last night, overnight, way before the inflation numbers came out that just came out a, a little while ago, The predictions were in the story, things are bad, they're getting worse, and they're going to get much worse. Well, the reports are out this morning. Our inflation jumped 8.5% month over year, year over year, the highest since 1981. What's the number? 8.5%. The Labor Department said a couple of days ago that its consumer price index was probably going to go up. And this morning they told us, yep, we were right, 8.5% in March from March a year ago. That's the biggest year-over-year increase since 1981, the month of December in 81. Prices, they've been driven up by, I mean, you you just say it. It's all filtered into it, bottleneck supply chains, big consumer demand disruptions to our global food, our energy markets worsened by the war over in Ukraine, it's just a daisy chain of horrible circumstances that feed into what we're dealing with today. And I don't know if you were around in December 1981 or if you were around, you were an adult at the time and you really knew, felt, and understood the inflation that just took over our nation. I guess the biggest places we're impacted in the most dramatic way was in the mortgage industry. Home loans, folks. Now, we heard this morning that many mortgage interest rates around the country on new home purchases are going up 4 to 5%. That sounds horrible to people that are much younger. This is just a time in their lives where they've seen mortgage rates hover around 1%, 2%, 3% at the highest. In 1981, folks, if you wanted to get a new loan, buy a new house or buy a used house, but buy a house, you were looking at 15, 16, 17% mortgage interest rates. I'm not kidding. We live through that. We're looking at that right now <laughs> under Joe Biden. March inflation numbers were the first to capture the full surge in our gasoline prices. And folks, I don't care what you hear on the news. What you need to start doing when you hear something coming out of Washington, D.C., if you're not already doing this, don't believe it. Just put it in your memory 
and then go looking for true answers about things that are important to you. There are so many things and numbers that come out, we could get lost in it. And to be quite honest with you, the political economists, they know that happens and they trust that so that people don't get caught up in the bad stuff. They want to give you numbers, but they don't really purposely and accurately depict what the numbers mean to everyday Americans. I'm not sure about you, but I'm one of those people. I'm an everyday American. Moscow's attacks, they've impacted this. They've triggered far-reaching Western sanctions against the Russian economy, and that has disrupted global food and energy markets. According to AAA, the average price of a gallon of gas here is $4.10. That's up 43% from a year ago, though it has fallen back in the past couple of weeks. So this quick, rapid, and huge escalation of energy prices has led to higher transportation costs for the shipment of goods, which in turn has contributed to higher prices for consumers. When true inflation hits, it impacts everything that you can even think of that you got to go get. Everything. I mean everything from toilet paper to paper clips. Everything you can imagine. It's shipped somewhere. All that stuff that's on the shelves at Walmart, it didn't grow there overnight, folks. It had to come from somewhere. Every part of the process is costing more under this administration. And I lived through that stuff in 1981. It was horrible. And I I sadly have to give you a prediction. I think the 8.5% number is way low. In fact, there are some economists today, even before this number came out, last week they began to say, whatever the number is, whatever the number is, you can logically add 3 to 4% to it. That's what the real inflation number is. So you're looking at 11 to 12%. It's going to make a major impact, far more than you're experiencing today. What happens as inflation comes in? The numbers will be there, but the daily, day-to-day impact on your lives, it takes a little bit for it all to settle in. So just be careful. Don't be afraid. Pray about it. Trust God. Let Him know, hey, I'm struggling with this. Can you give me some peace? I need some peace in this. I don't want want to be fearful. Fear is not a good thing, really not a good place to make decisions either. So I point you to our story today. When you get a chance, take a look at it. Biden blames Putin and U.S. oil companies for crazy prices. Facts say the fault is Joe's. And in the story, we reference a lot of sources for you to go look at. Very important things. And if you just joined us, we're watching the subway bombing, shooting, whatever it all is that happened in Brooklyn this morning. As the details come out over the next few hours, as they come out, we'll pass those along to you. So what else is happening in the Biden administration in the United States of America? Well, there's some good news. Thank goodness we've got some good news today. President Biden's embrace of transgender activism, it really got a boost yesterday when a new passport, ex-gender option, was formally and legally issued. You can get a passport, and when it 
requires you to uh, reply with what your sex is, your gender is. I'm looking at a sample passport card application right now. You know, those boxes that they have where you got to put the X in it. Gender, and in parentheses, read instruction page two. And below it, there are three boxes that you can pick from. One's got M above it. That's male. One's got F above it. That's female. And now there's a third one. X is above that box. And you can mark it, which means you may be anything. You're not necessarily a man. You're not necessarily a female. But you are gender neutral. LGBTQI+. That's what Joe Biden, his policies, his government, his administration are embracing today. Doesn't that seem amazing in its timing? Such a time of this. We need a lot, folks. One thing we don't need is pontification from anybody on social issues. Instead, in the, I, can't, I can't believe this administration would even consider this under the circumstances that we're living in right now. Doesn't anybody at the White House take a look around, look at the landscape of America, look at the problems that average Americans are experiencing and how this administration's egregious policies are reaching into areas of our lives that the government has no business being in. We're actually talking about stopping teachers from talking to five, six, seven, and eight-year-olds about sex and things that have no business being discussed at school. These kids are just learning how to write, just learning how to read. And with all of the chaos that they have lived through the last two years with COVID, lockdowns, masks, they don't understand all this stuff. And the implication is you've got to be afraid and you've got to rely on everything in your life coming from the federal government. Our kids have been living through that. Do you know one of the big reasons that finally the public educators finally gave us a go-ahead to go back to school in person? Do you remember what the big thing that instigated that was? They didn't tell us at the time. But a couple of dozen kids, and when I say kids, I'm talking about 10 years old and younger, they released a number of 26, committed suicide because they were totally isolated away from their social environment that they had grown up in so far. Can you imagine a six-year-old committing suicide because there's no hope in their lives? That's the environment that has been embraced, if not created, by the Biden administration, and it was something of a carryover. It was principally the COVID world and the top-down, egregious lockdowns demands led by Dr. Anthony Fauci. Our kids, the ones that need the most consideration and the most care and the most love and most understanding, Adults are forcing this crap down their throats 
and we find out about it. The only reason we did find out about it and other things like critical race theory was because parents were having to stay home with their kids and they were looking over the shoulders of their kids at the computers during virtual learning classes and they started seeing and hearing what their kids had been being taught for several years. And the parents just, their eyes were open and they just went nuts. And the reason they went nuts was because this, none of this is the responsibility or the right of anybody but moms and dads to discuss with kids. And there's any controversy, anybody legitimately thinks that teaching five, six, seven-year-old kids at school about sex is something a teacher should do? That's the most insane thing I have heard in a long time. We've got to stop it. We've got to put our feet down and say, this is our red line. Leave our babies alone. So another little Bidenism in the middle of this insanity that we call life. Another one regarding importance. One of the the most critical things when polls are taken now in the lives of Americans. What do the Americans say, or number one, number two, number three? Well, the economy is a big one. Inflation is a big one. Uh, Southern border illegality, floods of illegal immigrants coming here is one. But one of the biggest is crime. Crime today, and I'm talking about serious crimes. I'm not talking about jaywalking. I'm talking about breaking and entering. I'm talking about shooting somebody. I'm talking about drug wars on the streets. It's never been like it is today. It's never been that bad. Gun violence. I mean, every weekend, there's no question about, hey, Chicago, they're going to have a lot of killings this weekend. It's like a regular thing for me on Monday morning early. I'll look and see how many people were shot and killed that weekend in Chicago. Gun violence is everywhere. And so President Biden, he's got a history. When he was in the Senate, in a powerful position in the Senate, he was a anti-Second Amendment senator. He does not believe that citizens should have the rights to privately and personally own firearms. And he didn't stop there. He doubled down on the type of firearms. You may not know this. You may not remember it if you've been around that long, but he authored a bill that actually made it illegal to have guns or use operate guns that had clips. And the justification was that, first of all, they labeled those guns weapons of war. And I've, if I heard him tell the story once, I heard him tell it a hundred times. Why would a deer hunter need a clip with 20 bullets in it? Is the deer going to shoot back? That was his, I guess, example or justification for putting a hold on those automatic weapons, as he called weapons of war. It went along with it, and it lasted for a year or so. But guess what happened? Crime went up. Gun crime went up. Shootings, killings went up even though that was out there. So what it was, folks, was meaningless. It was a symbolic thing. It had no meat on the bone. Guess what Joe did yesterday? 
had a big meeting in the Rose Garden. And there were a lot of people there. It was a, a, a really big crowd. And his White House people, they, uh, they, they just began to promote it several days ahead of time. It was going to be a big deal. And, of course, timing is everything, especially in politics. They knew this economical information was going to be released today. They also knew, their people were telling them, it's not going to be good for the president. So what do you do when that is looking right at you? You deflect people's attention. You come up with something else to make a little noise or a lot of noise, and you do it over here. Oh, 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 everybody look over here. Don't look at the real stuff. Look over here. We're waving our hands. Don't you see that? We've got better things, more important things to talk to you about. So what was Biden's important thing in the Rose Garden that he had to have the big meeting yesterday? He announced, da-da-da-da-da-da-da, new controls on guns. Wow. That's any Second Amendment, isn't it? Well, no, he sliced out from the gun types in the earth. He pulled one out called ghost guns. Ghost guns. Now he's going to put a check on that. That doesn't make you, don't you feel better just because you know that? The President of the United States is going to stop those ghost guns, those guns that are killing and shooting and indiscriminately anybody that gets in the way, they get shot and killed and they get shot and killed and you can't find the shooters because ghost guns don't have serial numbers and that makes them evil. Hmm. Well, it sounds good. You know, somebody can actually make a gun. You can buy a kit online, and then when you get the kit, there are a couple of other parts that you have to get. You can buy at any gun store, and then you put them together, and you go shoot somebody. And then you lay the gun down and run away so that when the cops get there, the only way they could possibly track it to you is if you left fingerprints on the ghost gun. So I began to do some investigation did some investigation and asked the question, how many people in the last uh, two or three years, how many people have been killed with ghost guns? I mean, surely with all the gun violence around the nation, big cities, Los Angeles, even Seattle, Chicago, Washington, D.C., Atlanta, there's got to be some ghost gun shots that have happened to kill people, right? So I did a Google search. Oh, I found all kinds of arrests. And the big reason the stories were up there was that perpetrator had a ghost gun. I didn't find any documentation to back up, any statistics that would justify what Joe Biden, our president, did in the Rose Garden yesterday. You understand that. In fact... I was going to bring it on and and read it to you, but I'm not going to do it because it has the guy's name. A Marine, a, a lifer, a Marine officer who has been in the gun side, directly in the gun side of the military for his entire career. He builds guns. He makes guns. And he did the same thing. And he basically said, 
the philosophy is you can just get on the, the internet, look up gun kits that you could buy, and you go find that. You order it, it comes in, bam, you get it. It can't be traced. You don't have to fill out an application at a gun store for the FBI to investigate your background before you can get this gun. Sounds good, doesn't it? But there has to be manufacturing on the end of it before the gun can be put together to be used. And so this Marine officer said this, it can be done, but it's really difficult to do. And his question was, why would anybody go do that, go through that process, when all they got to do is put the word out, I need a gun? And they can very easily find a gun that they can buy for less than one of these gun kits. It's been stolen. It's been sold from overseas. It's untraceable back to you, and just use those. And at the bottom of it, he said, there have been no deaths by ghost guns. Now, that's somebody that's in the military, been in there in life. He's passing that along. So why would Biden do this yesterday? Why would he go through the efforts with everything we have going on? I mean, little things, you know, like it came out overnight that Putin has kidnapped 120,000 Ukrainian kids. Think about that, folks. 120,000 kids have been kidnapped by Vladimir Putin and the Russians taken back to Russia. And you know why? And what I'm about to tell you, I have personal knowledge of it being true. The Russian government is one of the biggest sources on the planet for those who want to adopt babies and young kids. Why is that? Why do you think that would be? One reason and one reason only. It's a way to make money. They make huge amounts of dollars by not selling these kids, but they take them, they put them in these homes. Applications come in from agencies in every country on earth. Parents want to adopt. And everybody in the business, in adoption business, knows there are always plenty of young children in Russia that are adoptable. In my family, my personal family, we have two Russian adopted babies in our family. They've grown up in our family. They're amazing, a young man and a young woman. They are amazing people. They lived in horrible conditions over there. They have no idea who their birth parents are. It's a business thing for Vladimir Putin. Little more than a business thing. That would be the only reason that I could come up with that explains why would they go through and slaughter every human being that the Russian military sees or faces in Ukraine? It's called scorched earth. They just go through and destroy all the infrastructure, kill anybody that gets in the way. It doesn't matter if it's kids. Do you remember last week when that missile, that Russian missile hit that train and destroyed the train station and that plane, uh, that train that all those people were on? 50 children were on that train. And guess what was painted on the nose of the missile, the piece that was found after the explosion? These words in Ukrainian. 
This is for the children. That's the kind of foe that Volodymyr Zelensky and his nation are facing today. Can you imagine the mindset of anybody, not only that would kidnap 120,000 kids indiscriminately and then slaughter everybody else that got in their way, no kind of uh, honor, no kind of consideration for life or justice, just go for it. Do whatever feels good, fly by the seat of your pants. If you want the country, whatever it takes to get it, just do it. Just go do it. That's who we're facing. Real Truth, Real News, TNN, the Truth News Network. We may not be able to lower the cost of gas, but we can do something about how many miles you will drive per gallon. Stop by your local O'Reilly Auto Parts store today and let us help you increase the performance of your car or truck. Simple things like replacing your air filter, changing worn-out spark plugs, and using fuel injector cleaner can add up to better fuel economy and big savings. There's an O'Reilly Auto Parts store close to you that has the name brands, low prices, and people who can help. Restore lost fuel economy and eliminate rough idle with Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner. Right now at O'Reilly Auto Parts by two and get one free. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner quickly cleans clogged injectors to increase fuel efficiency and help your vehicle run smooth. Lucas Fuel Injector Cleaner, buy two, get one free at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. Limit supplies. See store for details. I'm Papa John, pizza maker. The quality of every ingredient is important to me. Like the sweet, juicy pineapple and pulled ham hock that refreshes a pizza classic. Introducing our new premium Hawaiian another Papa John's original. Like all our pizzas, it comes with Papa's quality guarantee. Try something new with a third off your order. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Are you ready for best life minus the burnout? I'm Zuri Hall from NBC's Access Hollywood, and my new podcast, Hot Happy Mess, is all about the most important VIP, you. Join us each Monday as we discuss relationships, self-care, career, and much more. Our podcast is for mindful, ambitious, diverse millennial women who are ready for more happiness, laughter, peace, and purpose now. iHeartRadio is number one for podcasts, and it's easy to see why. Listen to Hot Happy Mess every week on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. I like this song. I remember in college basketball games, during a timeout, the band would actually play this, and the fans would go nuts. This part especially. Remember that? (laughs) Oh my gosh, memories, memories. I'm glad most of my memories looking over my shoulder are good ones, and I hope the same for you. Well, we, we went to the Rose Garden with the president yesterday. I watched a bit of it live. He also, at the end of it, he introduced his nominee to uh, head up the ATF, uh, ATF Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, control of that. It's a government agency, and it's a very contentious thing because the president, of course, is a uh, non-Second Amendment guy, Obviously, he wants to, and he nominated somebody the first time that was a non-private gun ownership advocate. He did not get confirmed. 
And this guy, I don't even have his name in front of me, but uh, he's been around for a while, and he is a anti-Second Amendment kind of guy. I would think, if I was the president of this nation, before I started marching these very controversial nominees up to the Senate to be confirmed for these very important positions, I'd, I'd be very thoughtful, and I would definitely, regarding those issues and those priorities, I would always seek to make them bipartisan. Now, what does that mean? That means you go to somebody or the people involved in the process uh, on the other side of the aisle that think politically different from you. That would be Democrats and Republicans. You guys get together and try to find some consensus. I mean, that's what government is all about, right? This is government to represent the people, not just one set of people, but the people. But that doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't happen. It was an afterthought in the Rose Garden to introduce this guy and talk about that for a moment. The 900-pound gorilla in the room was, of course, ghost guns. And the president himself gave us the whole story about it, breathlessly. Turn your volume up. Here's the president of the United States, Joe Biden. This is the gun. It's not hard to put together. A little drill, hand drill at home. Doesn't take very long. Anyone can order the mail. Anyone. Folks, a felon, a terrorist, a domestic abuser can go from a gun kit to a gun as little as 30 minutes. Buyers aren't required to pass background checks. Because guns have no serial numbers, these guns. When they show up at a crime scene, they can't be traced. Law enforcement is sounding the alarm. Our communities are paying the price, and we're acting. Today, the United States Department of Justice is making it illegal for a business to manufacture one of these kits without a serial number. Illegal. The answer is not to defund the police. It's to fund the police and give them the tools and training to support they need to be better partners and protectors of our communities in need. And I've already made clear that I want cities, states, counties, and tribes to use some of the $350 billion we sent to them in the American Rescue Plan that I wrote in the first month to reduce gun violence, hire police officers for community policing, pay police overtime, purchase crime-fighting technologies. They were given the money, they can do it. Spend it. And when you holler, people hear it better. They know better what you're saying. Not because you're clear of what you say, but because you're hollering at them. That's the way he does it. No explanation for that. I, I've, I've, I've heard people in media express those same thoughts as I just expressed to you. Why does a guy feel like he has to scream and holler all the time? I don't get it. I don't think he gets it either. But nevertheless, you just heard his reasoning for coming out with this big, going after this big fight to get rid of those ghost stones. Now, let me tell you what he's not addressing here. He's not addressing the thousands of people that are slaughtered every week across this nation. It's happening in the thousands now, folks. Many of those people are people in law enforcement. Cops being indiscriminately 
shot down like never before. We've never seen this in the United States before, but it's here. Tying the hands of policemen that are on the streets. They're scared to arrest people because they know they're going to get sued. And in lots of places now, the insurance that gives these cops a liability, a layer of liability protection for their involvement in any incident, alleged or real, in which some bad part of policing happens and then people go to start suing. Some cities are taking that away, that liability protection. In all of this, we expect, this president expects every member of law enforcement to just forget about the liability that's out there. Forget about the fact that many people that are serving in the U.S. Congress today in both the House and the Senate, many people on the left actually got out and promoted for two years the anti-cop narrative. We've got to defund the police. The cops are bad people. Now, let me tell you what that did. The, the obvious things were a lot of cops said, I'm not going to stay here. I wanted to do this professionally, but I don't want to go out there and have to fight the people I work for and fight the criminals every day, all day long and be worried that if something happens, the people at Town Hall, they don't have my back. The people I work for, why should I go out there and lay down my life every day when nobody's going to appreciate it? And in fact, they hate me. We were around when Vietnam War happened. Something similar to this came out of the Vietnam War. I remember this was in the late 60s, early 70s. I was just a kid. I remember seeing the stories and seeing the videos of people that served bravely in Southeast Asia. And folks, the Vietnam War was the the most untraditional war that the United States has ever been in. The Vietnamese guerrillas they were amazingly prepared and they knew how to operate guerrilla warfare. Everything was non-traditional. I mean, caves. You just can't believe the caves and the tunnels that were built underground all across Vietnam where they were fighting. And these Vietnamese guerrillas, they knew they would build these terrains, uh, these tunnels, and they knew the terrain and they would stay in there and strategically come out and secretly, especially at nighttime, attack and kill our soldiers. They, they, they lived. Our soldiers lived in the most egregious wartime conditions ever. And they're over there fighting for the nation, laying their lives down every day for the nation. And they come home, and in many of the major airports, there were people there welcoming these incoming international flights that they knew there were American soldiers on there coming home. And they would scream and holler at these soldiers. They would get in the soldiers' faces and call them murderers. I remember all that. That kind of carries over to how today's United States policemen at every kind, state, federal, local, how they feel because the populace has been conditioned, especially the younger section of our of our country. 
They've been conditioned by all of what they've seen and heard by these young legislators in the United States Congress, the far-left legislators, AOC and gang, that cops are evil. Cops are killers. And when you get that hammered in your head, that becomes a real living perspective. That's what's happening. And then to counter that, our president comes out and says, we've got to kill (laughs) these ghost guns. Wow. Meanwhile, in D.C., things are clicking. I mean, there are so many good things going on up there. It's just incredible. Of course, you don't hear about the good things. Why? It's because there are so many bad things that are happening, right? Do you remember John Brennan? John Brennan. He is a former CIA director. And before he became director of the CIA, for years and years and years, he was an underground operative in Europe and Asia. In other words, he was the spy chief for the places where he was stationed overseas. He was involved in all of the spying, all of the quiet, unethical things that you know happen when intelligence agencies are out around the world. I mean, you got to get your hands dirty to go find out who the dirty people are internationally. Many people think that John Brennan was the one that surreptitiously established those biological laboratories across Ukraine on his watch as a CIA field director. The number of those laboratories in Ukraine now that we're finding out there are more and more every day is over 40. Bioweapons development, everybody denies that, but folks, there's only a couple of plausible reasons you would internationally put biological laboratories, investigative laboratories out there unless you didn't want in your country what you were doing to be known by the population. That whole theory or philosophy falls directly under John Brennan. He's become a West Exec Advisor. That's a company, West Exec Advisors. Now, what are they? They are a secretive consulting firm. And the alumni that have come through West Exec Advisors is pretty incredible. The firm is described as Joe Biden's cabinet in waiting. Now, listen to this. Political Magazine called it that. Biden's cabinet in waiting. And they named it that after the 2020 presidential election. And they employed, West Exec Advisors had employed people like Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Director of National Intelligence Avril Haines, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki, John Brennan, they all came through West Exec Advisors. Politico, not one of the uh, most conservative news outlets in the nation, I, I think you would agree. Politico said West Exec is loaded with other former top Democrat national security and foreign policy officials who raised money for the Biden campaign. They joined his transition team or have served as unofficial advisors. So Monday, 
Monday, yesterday, West Exec announced, quote, John O. Brennan has joined the firm's distinguished and growing team as principal, as principal at West Exec. He will advise on strategy and geopolitical risk and help clients capitalize on key business opportunities and navigate the world's most pressing challenges. He is described as an exceptional public servant. So let's look just for a moment at what we know about John Brennan's background. He voted for a communist, a presidential candidate in 1976. He is one of the originators of the famous or infamous Russia collusion hoax, launching an investigation into the Trump campaign in July of 2016. CIA documents that were released by the Trump administration in 2020 showed that John Brennan had briefed then-President Barack Obama about an apparent plot by Hillary Clinton's campaign to tie Trump to Russian hacking. And by the way, the plot was allegedly suggested in the beginning by Jake Sullivan. Who is he? He's now Joe Biden's national security advisor. For the four years of the Trump presidency, Brennan was one of the nastiest and most outrageous with his mouth people attacking the Trump administration top to bottom. He called Trump's press conference with Russian President Vladimir Putin in Helsinki. You remember that back in 2018? Very controversial. The media could not believe. How and why would an American president go meet with Vladimir Putin? Brennan called it nothing short of treason after Trump publicly doubted the U.S. Intelligence Committee's conclusion that Russia had interfered in the 2016 election. He also demanded that Trump be impeached. Trump, in the middle of all of this, he revoked Brennan's security clearance, citing, among other things, the CIA's past spying on Democrat staffers. So in October of 2020, this is how his name comes up now. You're going to love this. Brennan was one of those 50 former in-the-know intelligence officials who wrote and signed that open letter declaring that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation, though they admitted small print. They admitted they had no evidence to prove that it was. 50 of them, 50 of them. And John Brennan was the leader. Of course, the rest is history. You're going to hear a little bit about it news about Hunter's laptop. It's really getting bad. The circle is tightening around this president. And every day, more and more comes out that verifies he was involved in it. He not only knew about Hunter Biden's business dealings in foreign nations and with foreign nations, leaders, and very politically connected wealthy people. Joe apparently and it's becoming more and more possible, it's past possible now, it's likely that he was involved in it financially, our president. Just thought it was kind of um, ironic that John Brennan is back, back in the government again after losing his security clearance. Nobody said anything yet if he got his clearance back. I would think since he's getting this big new position, 
in that very bureaucratic, heavily politicized entity, I would think that uh, Joe Biden has already got his clearance back. I wonder why the story wouldn't say that. I just thought of that. There's something I'm getting inundated with text this morning about Philcoin. I don't know if you were with us last week. I haven't looked to see how many people and where people are looking in today. I use my uh, iPad to monitor things like that when we're on the air, and I've got it on the uh, subway shootings in Brooklyn. Incidentally, it was just put out there. There were some devices that they found on the site and they were worried about bombs being there. Haven't got the details yet, but there are devices that are there. But the police are saying none of those devices are active. In other words, they're not set to explode. So I'm not sure where everybody is, but um, I talked the other day. In fact, we put some information up uh, on our website, truthnewsnet.org. You may want to go back and look at it. Phil coin is a new cryptocurrency coin that has actually gone live this morning. And it's different for a lot of reasons, but it's it's ownership and its major investors are great Christian men. Several have been in cryptocurrency around the world since the beginning when Bitcoin first came out. One of those is Dunstan Teo, T-E-O. And if you're interested in looking into the origins and the people involved in it, Jerry Logan is the principal owner of the company that founded Philcoin. So let's go back up to the top of this. What is Philcoin about? Dunstan Teo and Jerry Logan, um, they've been involved in ministry around the world for a number of years. And one of the things in uh, the far reaches of Asian uh, towns and little cities scattered around in those Asian countries, also in India and in Africa, is the way to transact. It's difficult for those people. There aren't banks in these villages out in the Netherlands. You know that. How do they do it? Well, they all come up with some kind of monetary trade thing that they can work within. But it's it's not really productive. And it financially just kind of always just ends at the end of it and there's no real there there. You know what I'm talking about? So Dunstan Teo is a brilliant, brilliant man. I have interfaced with him on a couple of occasions. I have a tremendous trust in him personally. I'm 68 years old, folks, and in my lifetime, uh, I have been the beneficiary of a couple of million-dollar scams and I wasn't the beneficiary of any of the million dollars (laughs) I was on the other end. And after all of that, I kind of developed a taste. Maybe you call it spiritual discernment or whatever, but I've been able to tell a lot of things about a lot of people. But in my first Zoom conversation with Dunstan, he was in uh, the Middle East when we spoke the first time. In the Zoom it just clicked and it wasn't, he's not trying to get anything from me. Uh, he's not trying to get anything from anybody. Let me tell you what he has done before this in all of these villages coming up with a way for them to be able to financially survive on their own and to make sure that they operated kind of in a small economic town or village 
situation. And so listen to what Dunstan did. He picked one small village town, I don't even remember the population size, in India. And he had been and is now in the developmental stages of low-altitude satellites. You may have heard of them. There's a whole network that's already up there. And Tesla's owner, Elon Musk, is the one that put that up there. Well, Dunstan's has done the same thing, and he put some of that network of low-altitude satellites over this one town. And they created and he invested a bunch of a cryptocurrency. I don't know which one it was, but it was to be used exclusively by the people in these the small town or villages. And so by seeding it, in other words, putting a bunch of money out there, a bunch of crypto out there, people that lived there, they used that exclusively for buying goods and services across the board. Every part of the monetary system of that village became crypto-driven, totally. They even put in a couple of crypto ATM machines. Now think about that. You're talking about a little village out in the middle of India. No government oversight. That network, that low-altitude network that serviced this, it was totally owned and operated by people in the village, leaders in the village. It was hugely successful. So the founders of Philcoin, this kind of just fed into their lifelong pursuit of mission work, finding ways to reach people in far distant villages, small, hard to get to around the world, Africa, parts of Asia, South America, and the Caribbean. And the whole concept of Philcoin is to put a network, a transactional network for people that are out in these small villages around the world, in these outlying places where there are pastors and missionaries that go in there, and they have no water-running resources. You know what I mean? They can't go to an ATM and access a bank account that they have back in their hometown in Kansas in the U.S. They can't do it. Their hands are tied, so they all have to find ways to interact within whatever economic system is in place in these nations they're in and in these towns and villages that they're serving. Novel idea. What about giving these little pastors and missionaries the ability to transact using cryptocurrency in these networks. And so what they have done is they've developed this system that works for anybody in these outlying areas or anybody that's anywhere in the United States or the rest of the world to access accounts, Philcoin accounts. Philcoin has been released today to the general public as a cryptocurrency opportunity. I encourage you, go do a Google search, Philcoin, P-H-I-L-C-O-I-N. Do the research. That's what we do here. We, we, we present things to you all the time. We present ideas. We encourage you to do what first? Go check it out for yourself. Go find out about Philcoin. It's a closed cryptocurrency. 
What does that mean? What it means is nobody can come in, mine and developer create any fill coins. Did you know that in Bitcoin, there are people out there that have found a way to go create Bitcoins? It's a horribly lengthy and exhausting process and requires massive computer uh, memory to do it. But they figured out a way to do it so it can be created. The beginning of Philcoin, the process, there is a specific number that is there of Philcoins. There will be no more created. How do I know that? I trust the guys that own and operate this thing. I've met them. They're good Christian guys. And their principal thing is to create this network, put cell phones in the hands of these pastors and missionaries in these outlying villages that do have some kind of cell service, but for this process to access Philcoin and transact, it only requires a minimum of 2G, which is a big thing in the Netherlands and South America and Africa and parts of the Caribbean. It's also very easy for other people to donate through this network that is being established around the world to Christian causes that you want to you want to support because in a matter a short matter of time pretty much there will be tens of thousands of these little villages that have missionaries or teachers or pastors and this will be a way for people to support them instantaneously just so you know this I am involved in it and I'll just tell you, it's, so far it's been a great investment. I was invited to get in a little bit early. And I can tell you, before it started trading today in street value, my Philcoin value multiplied explosively. Partly because of what it is about. And secondly, because it's a bunch of Christians that are doing this and creating a way... Folks, look at, the, look at the earth around you. Look at the circumstances around you. What are you absolutely positive about going on in your life today? Let me tell you mine. Um, let me tell you mine. Mine is my family. That's my rock. That's my go-to. We have a good family. Marianne and I have been married 47 years. We have three kids, six grandchildren. We have a really good family. I have one brother left. My mother mother and father are already gone. Marianne's mother is still with us doing really good. She's 96. Marianne has uh, a sister, two sisters that are living. They have children. We have a good family. We're all close. That's my rock. Outside of that, and my family, my extended family includes my church My brother is a senior pastor who's been my brother. In fact, not adopted, but pretty much adopted, informally adopted in 1970. Outside of that group, I have friends. I do, and I have good friends. But the circumstances of life that are good, they pretty much stop right there. Everything else has got a question mark over it. We used to take all these other things We took them for granted. Everything's cool. We live in the United States of America, the number one in every area 
when you start analyzing things in the world. You look at it now, our economy is broken. Our political structure is broken. Our education system, we used to be in the top two or three, it's 25th in the world and continues to go down. What's good here? Our military has been made feckless. Our leadership in our military are incorrigible. Everything socially is up for for grabs. Everything's up in the air. Where is the certainty in our lives outside of our, our rock? My relationship with God, it starts there with me, and my family comes there. My church world comes there. Outside of that, folks, I struggle. Let me tell you what this network, Philcoin, is going to be able to do. If and when our monetary system is totally taken over by our government. And I can't even believe that I'm saying this. I can't even believe I'm talking about this. But do you know that right now today, if our federal government wanted to come get your money out of your bank account, they can do it. They can seize it like that. And you can't do anything about it. Oh, you can go to court and sue them. When you put money in a bank on deposit, you in good faith are trusting and believing that they're going to they're gonna take care of your money. I mean, after all, there are laws that regulate them doing that. Indiscriminately in every part of your life, crime is happening every day in ways and in places that we never thought would happen. Where's your economic security? Well, I have a retirement account. I'm not laughing at you, <laughs> but it's going to it's going to be under attack. They can today do the same thing that I just said they could do about your bank account. They can go get your retirement account. Well, I've got Social Security and Medicare. I paid into that for 50 years. My government's got to pay me that. Well, yeah, unless somebody decides not to. You look around the world and look at other nations and look at the leadership in other nations. Look at the way these national leaders led their countries through COVID-19 and the pandemic. Look at what they're doing about free market stuff and capitalism. Look at what they're doing about taxes. All of that can change in a minute. In a minute. And did you know in Philcoin, in cryptocurrency, in low-altitude networks, satellite networks. You know who controls those? The people do. The government doesn't. One of the number one reasons I'm involved in Philcoin, and this has taken five, six, seven minutes, but it's that important for you. Not, I'm telling you, go buy Bitcoin. Don't don't go buy Bitcoin. I'm not saying that. It's not Bitcoin anyway. It's Philcoin. I'm not saying that. What I'm telling you is check it out. Pray about it. And if you get a sense that it's something you need to do, something you need to do, I suggest that you do it. Just be wary. Be wary. Be cautious. And praying about it is the key. That's where I'm at 
That's Little where Caesar's I know Thin is. Crust Pizza is so loaded with cheese and pepperoni you can't even see the crust. And if you ever want to see it again, listen very carefully. Bring six forty nine in unmarked bills or marked bills or coins or just a credit or debit card to Little Caesars. Come alone and bring your friends or family. Bring everyone. Get a Little Caesars large thin crust pizza with extra cheese and the most pepperoni, all at the nation's best price of just six forty nine. Pizza, pizza. Top four national pizza chains. Extra most bestest thin crust pepperoni pizza versus large round one topping thin crust pepperoni pizza. Everyday standard menu prices at participating locations plus tax. Dunkin' is putting a whole new spin on pumpkin at Dunkin' with our new pumpkin cream cold brew. Smooth, bold, cold brew topped with velvety pumpkin cream cold foam made with cinnamon and nutmeg spices. And there's more pumpkin for you to love, like the delicious fall classic, our pumpkin spice signature latte. Rich espresso topped with whipped cream, caramel drizzle, and cinnamon sugar. That's how we pumpkin at Dunkin'. Sip into the fall season with the new pumpkin cream cold brew or pumpkin spice signature latte. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply. Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents a word from your wallet. Are we at the gas station? Yeah, I know. I'm feeling these gas prices, too. I'm the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save 19 cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to 6 cents a gallon. Wow, that sure adds up. Fat wallets are very in right now. Right now, Motorcraft air filter replacement is just $19.95 or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as 10%. Well, done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the... Uh, 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 uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years. Money-saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today. You're fighting back the tsunami of ignorance with Dan Newman. TNN, the Truth News Network. How do you get into that? Call your broker. You got brokers in town. Most of them will handle cryptocurrency and just tell them you're looking for PHL, filled coin, and they'll help you get in it. Um, just, just so you know, cryptocurrency is a whole lot different from investing in the stock market. You need to, you need to talk to somebody that you trust and that you know. It can be very volatile. I mean, you can see a spike where it'll run up if it starts in the in the pennies, and sometimes it's even less than that, not Philcoin, but it starts really, really low, and in a day or two, it'll go up to a dollar, a dollar fifty, two dollars even. Big, big high spikes, and then it'll sell off, and it'll drop dramatically, 10, 20 cents just quickly. And it, 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 to be honest with you, it's it's a ride. It's like a roller coaster up and down. But here's the thing. Here's the reason why I decided to get on the roller coaster, the big thing. I feel like God led me there. And so far, um, I bought in at 14 cents. And right now today, less than two weeks into this thing, it's at 61 cents. You do the math. Take $10. What's the difference between 61 and 14? 47. 14 into 61. It's quadrupled. Will it go up? I hope so. But if it doesn't, I'm in a good place. Just saying, when you put it all together, it's not big Wall Street out there that's doing this. It's Christian businessmen that are worth billions of dollars personally and have been very successful in this thing. That's all for your consideration. If you have any questions, dan 
at truthnewsnet.org. Dan at truthnewsnet.org. What else is going on in the world around us? Well, meet the press. On Sunday's show, Chuck Todd, who's been around for a long, 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 long time, Chuck Todd took on and had a, a panel on his show that took on what's happening regarding critical sex theory, teaching kids. And, of course, everything was pointed at Governor Ron DeSantis down in Florida. You know, that bill that's out there that he's supporting that is going to knock down what is being planned right now, which is for fifth, uh, five, six, seven, eight-year-old kids in Florida are going to be taught, they're going to be taught about all things sexually related, not by mom and dad, but by teachers and counselors at school. So I want you to listen, just so you hear the other side. This is a group of all Democrats. Chuck Todd is very hard left. And this is on Sunday, and they're discussing this issue and everything around it. Let's listen in. Welcome back. As we said, the culture wars appear to be heating up. And, and Carlos, uh, our home state of Florida has been sort of ground zero uh, for some of this action with the governor, DeSantis, almost using the legislature as his, as his primary vehicle, literally, for 2024. But there's now a lot of copycat stuff going on in legislatures. Let me put up some headlines here on, on what critics have called this Don't Say Gay Bill about when, when you can talk about uh, uh, gay parents and things like this in schools, Alabama, Texas, Ohio. Um, one hallmark of the culture wars in this country is the party that overreaches is who gets punished. Are we at a tipping point here where the right's overreaching? Well, Chuck, right now, Republicans are winning the culture wars in this country. That's just the way it is. You look at defund the police. You look at defund ICE. Now in Florida, you have this parental empowerment bill. The opponents call it the don't say gay bill. Republicans have basically baited Democrats in Florida into taking the position that students in grades K through 3, students who are learning to color and read and write, should be taught about sexuality, about gender identity. So I think Democrats have consistently been at least perceived to be on the wrong side of these issues and Republicans are going to keep going to the well every time. And for Ron DeSantis, if he runs in 24, he's going to run on these issues. Kimberly, Carlos makes a good point about how the right's so good at baiting the left to defend a specific. Yep. Right? And by the way, this bill has basically it's about 50-50 support. It's not decisive in either direction. But it's not, well, also the polling's all over the place because it's very difficult to poll in this, kind, the this kind of way. But it's right. The Republicans saw, they see the win in the gubernatorial race in Virginia, and they say that this is how they can just take this playbook over and over and over again. And the Democrats haven't found any way to message again. I mean, the first thing with DeSantis facing off with Disney, right, is if the Republicans are railing against cancel culture, if a government uh, penalized someone over what they say, that's anti-First Amendment. Like yeah. that, the Democrats actually legally are on the winning side of this, yet you haven't heard that message at all. And I've not, it's been astonishing to me that the, the Democrats haven't, haven't grabbed onto a libertarian attack on this, because this is a, this is big government telling people what to do. This is government telling, saying they want to decide, they want to look in your want to know what your kid's gender is like no no it's not your get, get out of my kid's bedroom 
But that's time and again what we're seeing Republicans do right now, whether it looks at what's happening in abortion and all, the, all these other cases. And I think Democrats are on their heels, particularly when it came to schools and COVID and mask requirements. And they have not figured out how to message around this. It seems to me, yeah, there's easy slogans you could push back on, but they have not found an animating slogan to, to, to kind of push back and get the public sentiment behind them. And time and again, we've seen Democrats allow their messaging to almost be defined by the other side in a way that is so hard for them to then get out of. I mean, it, the problems with the polling on this mirror the problems that Democrats have in messaging on it. If you were to ask the average parent of a first grader, you know, do you want your kid to be taught about sex in first grade? Most parents would probably say, probably not. But if you ask, you know, is it okay for your kid to be read a book about, you know, Peter the Penguin who has two penguin dads, you're not going to have the same kind of response. But Democrats have sort of seeded the argument on this on so many of these cultural issues. And this is why Democrats are losing working class voters, Latino voters because they seem so disconnected. A lot of the messaging comes from the progressive base of the Democratic Party, and that messaging does not connect with working class voters, with Latino voters. So those numbers are going to continue to erode as long as Democrats are perceived to be on this side of those issues. You know, Kimberly, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting to see that Times deep dive into the immigration debate inside the White House. And you can see the, the, the disagreement inside the White House between those who want to be politically pragmatic and those who say, but this this policy is wrong, and you're like, yeah, it's going to get weaponized against you. Yeah, that's exactly what I said. Democrats focus on the policy and the solutions, and Republicans are way out ahead of them focusing on the, the politics and how to use it uh, to win elections. Democrats could have solved this problem a while ago, or at the very least been out in front of what a problem it is. We, just, we were just talking about the need for immigration to, to get more workers, to help boost the economy. There's so many ways to do it, and you just can't seem to figure it out. Does a Roe v. Wade decision flip the script on this at all, Anna? I don't know. I mean, we haven't been able to see Democrats kind of mobilizing this. I do think if it totally goes away, you're going to see Democrats try to find a way to get their base out to the polls. Right now, they have not done anything on voter rights, immigration, all these other things. You know, there's a real issue here for Democrats in the midterms. You know, it's interesting. Normally, uh, when there's an economic story that's dominating, the culture wars fade. This is one of those rare occasions where both, we get both. Uh, are, we're going to get both and in this midterm, and one does feed another anyway. That's all we have for today. Now, let's put in context what you just heard. These are some very significant leaders in the world of media. They are definitely left-wing activists. They're supposed to be media people, journalists, but they are political activists. And did you catch the tenor of the entire conversation that was there. The thing that was puzzling them all, and they couldn't figure it out, they don't understand. Don't we know that everybody should be allowed to do anything? That's basically the perspective they came from. Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, on his watch, the legislature is considering a bill that will stop that will stop schools from teaching sexual things to five-year-old kindergarten, first and second and third grade kids, will stop teaching them sexual things at school. Now, as a parent, how does that make you feel? Do you think, like they suggested in what you heard that panel say, OMG, big government, 
They are weighing in and telling us what we can do, what we have to do. Big government's not supposed to do that. That's the flip perspective that is happening with the left. The messaging always goes 180 degrees away from the factual context of what is being discussed. In other words, what they're saying is the governor, oh my God, he's he's taking the power of the people to determine these things. He's deciding as an authoritarian leader. We're going to make it illegal for schools to teach this to kids. The importance of kids learning in this and everything about it is not being diminished at all by Ron DeSantis. What is being diminished by putting this out there is that the reason for doing this is to protect these kids from people in the education department of Florida that are totally politically driven. Much of it is about transgenderism. And don't think for a second if these far-left educators that are driven and paid and funded by these teachers' unions that are some of the biggest lobbying firms in the nation and have millions of dollars that they're spending on all of these various causes to shove it down the throats of our kids, don't think they're going to take advantage of any of this. Every opportunity they have, they're going to ramp it up to further their causes, whatever they may be. And so this group, the thing that caught me, and I couldn't believe I was sitting there, there was not a person in the circle, and it was a circle. If you saw it on television, meet the press when they have a bunch of people, that's the way he does it, around a table, circle of people that are talking. There was not one person that said, no, wait a minute, don't you think this should be taught at home by mom and dad? And that not having a way to stop that from having from happening You're taking out of the hands of parents the right to be the ones to determine what is told to their kids about this, who's telling it, and at what age they're going to be ready to absorb it the right way. That's the way the left is going, folks. It's scary. It really is. If you're not already involved hands-on, you need to. Now, something kind of interesting happened the other night. Last week tonight, host John Oliver, he found a a pretty smart way of forcing Congress to address those oddly specific targeted online ads we've come to accept, as creepy as they are. And the source of all of this, of course, is big tech. It's a way to make money. How do you combat that? Well, John Oliver, he ran a little sting on them, blackmailed them with the very data they have allowed people like a late-night comedian to purchase. Now, follow this reasoning. Many Internet users are already aware. Every bit of information that you share online, if it's on Twitter or through Google searches or from your YouTube watch history, among the bottomless well on the other data sources that we use online, all of us, those are all gathered together, they're packaged, and they're sold. 
They sell them to any person or any company that's got money to buy it. After all, it's just information. But a lot of the times that information is bundled under common themes, including actual names such as ambitious singles or couples with clout and kids and Cabernet. Those are names that Oliver Quip sound like immediately greenlit shows on TLC, right? Last year, Epsilon, one of those ghoulish companies doing it, they were forced to pay $150 million in penalties. Why? Because they had sold the data of 30 million people. They did it on purpose. They sold it to scammers that were targeting seniors. And selling your personal information is huge. It's a big business for big tech. The entire economy of the internet today is basically built on this practice. That's where their profits come from, selling advertising, targeted advertising, and as much as they can. All the free stuff that you take for granted online, it's only free. Why? Because of you, because you're the product. They make money by selling everything about you and everything you do. Sexual preferences, physical ailments, or pretty much any time, anything else the brokers want to sling are valuable commodities, and Congress has been unwilling to do anything to stop it. Now, what else does that mean? Well, Oliver made a case for why our nation's lawmakers should be more concerned about this by illustrating just how easy it is for anyone, anyone, to get their personal information. He pulled out an envelope that he claimed contained data he gathered in a very creepy way. By targeting ads to a subset of people located around Capitol Hill, I mean, right around Capitol Hill, he was able to take the data compiled and not only identify several specific lawmakers, but he could look at and had in his hands their internet search histories. And he said, if you're thinking how on earth is any of this legal? Oliver said, I totally agree with you. It shouldn't be, but it is. And if you happen to be a legislator who's feeling a little nervous right now about whether your information is in this envelope, and if you're terrified about what I might do with it, you might want to channel that worry into making sure I can't do anything with it. And he very creepily added, anyway, sleep well. So one Twitter user in a response said this, John Oliver essentially blackmailing Congress with legally obtained info sourced from data brokers is a new high point in late night television. (laughs) But it illustrates a lot of things that you and I know. You haven't felt creepy sometimes? Let let, let me give you an example. Not long ago, my wife Marianne and I, we were just in our house. We were in the kitchen doing something, talking. I was sitting at the bar, had my laptop out. I wasn't looking at anything in specific, but we began talking about a new car. Marianne's got a really nice Buick Enclave that she got, we bought brand new back in... uh, 
2013, 2014, I can't remember. It's about five or six years old. And she drives the snot out of everything that she ever gets. She uses whatever car she drives. And that's good, but when you put a lot of miles on a car, things begin to happen. It's got 150 or 160,000 miles on it. So we began to talk about what kind of vehicle she wanted to consider in replacing it. And I I would give you a bunch of names that we passed around, but I won't do it. It wasn't a bunch. It was two or three different cars. And over the next two days, it was uncanny how many times I opened my computer and went to the Internet to surf for news stuff, which is what I do all day, every day, pretty much. And these car ads began to pop up specifically on the vehicles that we discussed as possibilities for her to consider. This is exactly what John Oliver was talking about. Here's the problem. Big tech has unfettered access to everything. They can get more about you quicker than can our government intelligence agencies using their legal tactics. Big tech can do it right now, do it quicker, get more information and get more information about uh, more people than our government can because they have unfettered access to everything. Now that might spook you a bit. Let me just say this. I hope it does. You need to talk with your local, when I say local, your congressional district, whoever's representing you in Congress, both U.S. Senate and your congressional House of Representatives You need to talk to them and say, look, we got to stop this. You guys can do it. You're the only ones that can. You need to take some action on that. It's a really big deal. And we all should be concerned about it because it is a big deal. It's interesting as we change the narrative here. It's interesting to me that Dr. Anthony Fauci has kind of taken a back seat for a while. wonder why that is. I wonder what's going on. And let me tell you why I say that. No matter what your senses are about Anthony Fauci, the job that he did, the kind of person he is, forget about that for a moment. Whatever the end game is and was for his being involved in our COVID-19, the whole two years kind of being at the top of the heap and all of the experts that were up there, whatever the underlying purpose was, he came out of that. Everybody knows who he is. To a lot of people, he has a lot of credibility. There are far more than probably half of people in the nation, when they get their news and they pick the sources from which they're going to get their news, when they lock in, it really doesn't matter what that person or that news agency, what they say, because they've locked in there and they're committed to that as being their source, their go-to place to get news. They believe what they see and hear. With that comes over a period of time a lot of vested credibility that people like Anthony Fauci have. How do I know that happens? I I circulate a lot among a lot of different people, different segments of the society, and you find out very quickly people that you know, people that you would never think would think one way or another regarding all of the big issues. You find out they're 180 degrees away from you, and you would have thought they would be thinking about this just the same way you are. They don't dive into it like you do. And I'm not saying right or wrong. That's not what I'm pointing out. I'm saying different, different perspectives. 
And we reach our perspectives and everything in our life by watching, by looking, by listening, and then making a mental and emotional commitment to whatever perspective of everything in your life. You have developed that and made choices to embrace those perspectives. That's the way humans work. So Fauci hasn't been around much. But yet every time he does pop up, there's an immediate big group of people with a line down in the middle of that group. People on one side listen to everything he says. People on the other side just blow him off because he's a disgraced guy in their, in their way of thinking, a disgraced guy that led us down some wrong paths that cost us a lot and cost a lot of people their health care and even some people their lives. And so he's kind of slipped back into the shadows a bit. But the agencies that have, through the last couple of years, they have been the foundation of all of this negativity out there and this fear that's been sown in our population in the U.S. regarding COVID-19. CDC, Centers for Disease. The NIH, National Institutes of Health. The FDA, Federal Drug Administration. All of these we look at as prominent and very big and authoritative and very full of experts on everything to do with medicine. That's our fundamental perspective. So every time they put out something, especially when it's controversy or a big deal, we look at it. What many of us do when we see and hear that and we look at it, we go digging to find the sources, the facts. Where did they get the perspective that they presented to us? How did they come by that? But the majority of the people in the U.S. don't do that. They have their new source that they trust. And whatever the people that work in that source say, that's the way they're going to go. The CDC, the National Institutes of Health, the FDA, all those people, they're government employees. Do you realize they work for us? They work for us. But when you flip the narrative and you look back over your shoulder at the last two years, it looks like we work for them. Whatever they told us to do, we just automatically had to do it. They shut us down. They put masks on us. They took our kids and made them stay at home. And our kids got, they're, they're still going through crud from all of that. And there will be this generation of kids, four, five, six years old, that are now getting closer to 10. They're behind in school, academically, emotionally. They've been negatively impacted and all that kind of stuff. Some of them they'll never get over. We know that. So back to the Fauci thing. He's kind of in the shadows. So when that happens, you can look for others to come in and kind of take the place of that person and do do something. Get started. The CDC, we've got to do something. We're losing credibility because we're not out there. COVID-19, yeah, it's happening in a few places. We've got a spike in cases going on in Washington, D.C. right now. When that formally happened on Anthony Fauci's watch, when it would happen in one place in the country, we would all go nuts. Here it is. It's going to kill us all. It's already taken over this town, this city, whatever. But none of that ever happens. But that's still the way we think. So I said all that to bring you to this. The Centers for Disease Control, CDC, 
came out yesterday. They are urging gay, bisexual, and, quote, men who have sex with men who live in Florida to get a men ACWY vaccine. That's M-E-N, which is men, obviously. ACWY vaccine. Why? A large ongoing outbreak of meningococcal disease is sweeping the Sunshine State. Here's what their statement reads. There is a large ongoing outbreak of meningococcal disease in Florida, primarily among gay, bisexual, and men who have sex with men, including those living with HIV. Now, that's from a CDC health warning issued Thursday last week. There have also been cases reported in the state over the last few months, including multiple cases in college students. At this time, there is no evidence to suggest the cases among college students are related to the larger outbreak. Florida's increase in meningococcal disease cases is mostly affecting people who live in Florida, but also has affected some people who have traveled to Florida. So what does the state, Florida state, have to say about it? I mean, they would be involved in this, don't you think? Well, according to the Florida Health Government website, meningococcal is a serious disease caused by bacteria called Neisseria meningitis. Fortunately, these bacteria are not as contagious as germs that cause the common cold or flu. People do not catch the bacteria through casual contact or by breathing air where someone with meningococcal disease has been. It requires close contact over a period of time or direct contact such as kissing or sharing drinks. Meningococcal disease can lead to meningitis, which is an infection and swelling of the lining of the brain and spinal cord, and potentially to an infection of the bloodstream called septicemia. This is rare, but it is a potentially devastating disease, they warn. What are the symptoms? Fever, headache, stiff neck, or comparable to those of a flu-like illness, but they can get worse quickly to include nausea, vomiting, light sensitivity, confusion, and a rask. If it left untreated with antibiotics, the disease is often deadly. So there, the CDC recommending this men ACWI vaccine for those living in Florida. Ideally, people would get vaccinated with one dose or the two-dose series for people with HIV at least two weeks before traveling. Now, why am I talking about this? I think many of you know why. Isn't it odd that there always has to be something in medicine now? Something. Controversial. Scary. Things that we can't put our arms around and easily come up with answers. And when you talk about health care, especially in the wake of what we've been dealing with for two years and reportedly 600,000 people died from COVID-19, looking for something else to put out there to force the American populace by fear into a shutdown, at least mentally, if not literally. That's what this is about. Real truth, real news, TNN, the Truth News Network. 
The following is an important time-insensitive announcement from Staples. Now, for an unlimited time only, Staples is drastically cutting their everyday prices on hundreds of products your business needs. That's right. The clock is not ticking. Walk, crawl, or lollygag to Staples, and you will not miss this opportunity. These are everyday price cuts. Take a four-pack of AA Duracell batteries, was $4.79, now just $2.99. But act now. Or later, because these Staples everyday price cuts will be around for a really, really long time. Price cuts like a two-pack of Scotch Magic Tape, previously $4.79, now just $2.99. And Scotch Packaging Tape, now just $2.29 for today, tomorrow, and pretty much every day till the cows come home. But don't hurry. These everyday price cuts are indefinite. To repeat, these prices will last. So stop by your nearest Staples whenever it's convenient and take advantage of these normal, continuing, everyday price cuts. Thank you. Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy, made with premium ingredients, zero sugar, and seven essential vitamins, with no high-fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives, and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you. Coming up in the last half hour of today's show, uh, I told you at the top of the show we had some information that we were going to give you some uh, uh, Jim Jordan, Congressman Jim Jordan from Ohio regarding Hunter Biden's laptop. We're going to the House chamber to let you hear Jim Jordan in just a few moments. But before we get started, I want to mention something that it, it just, it just, I saw it last night. And it just made me think, oh my gosh, could this really be happening? You know who Alan West is, Lieutenant Alan West. He was a U.S. congressman, lifer in the military, um, served two years from Florida in Congress, then moved to Texas, became the director of the Texas Republican Party, and is running against Greg Abbott for governor of Texas. He's an African-American man, a really good Christian guy, and um, he is he is traveling around the nation in part, and he's giving speeches on a lot of different things. Well, he went to a college campus last week to give a speech, and it was up in the Northeast. And I mean, literally, folks, all hell broke loose. Listen to what happened. University at Buffalo Student and Young Americans for Freedom President Therese Purcell joins me now. Therese, walk us through what happened to you. Hi, Todd. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Uh, So I was hosting Lieutenant Colonel Alan West on campus. He was going to give a speech on how America is not racist, why American values are exceptional. And we got through the speech. Um, We had hundreds of people show up for the speech. We actually had a standby line with hundreds of people who weren't even able to get in since we filled the capacity of the room pretty quickly. Um, And then during the private meeting great with members, it got out of hand with the protesters. They were banging on the walls. They were screaming, no peace, no peace, which I took them at face value that they didn't want peace as they were trying to get in and try 
trying to disrupt our meeting great. And then it got crazy as we went to leave. So I was following Colonel West out with our police escort as hundreds of protesters around us were screaming at us. And then I was quickly separated from the police as they were protecting uh, Colonel West. And the protesters came between me and them, which is when I decided I was just going to turn and walk peacefully back to my car. Um, and then I realized that I was the target for these protesters. And about 200 of my fellow students started hunting me down on campus, started chasing me, screaming, go get her, go get her, go capture her, get the girl in the red dress, which is when I started darting um, away from them as they were sprinting towards me. And eventually I turned the stairs and was one second ahead of them, which is when one of my friends pulled me into the men's bathroom. Um, and we just missed them, thankfully. They were just a few seconds behind. And while I was in the bathroom, I could hear them screaming, where is she, where is she? We need to find her, we need to find her. And I called 911. But while this was all happening, the mob continued to chase other members of our club, Young Americans for Freedom. They physically assaulted one of our e-board members. They kicked him, they punched him. It was a really crazy event that we were trying to bring a black voice to campus to talk about these issues of racism and American exceptionalism. And while they were screaming that we were trying to silence black voices, we were actually to, trying to bring this conversation to campus. We had an open Q&A during the event, but instead of asking peaceful questions, they decided to resort to violence. This is insane. I mean, this sounds like you were in a war zone, not at a college campus in the United States of America. If they caught you, what did you think they would do to you? I was really afraid for my life since they physically assaulted my friend. And like I said, they were screaming no peace. So I don't think they were going to do anything remotely peaceful. They were a very angry mob. And they were clearly saying that they were trying to chase me, that they wanted to capture me. So I'm afraid of what would have happened if I wasn't able to hide from them. I mean, what's going through your mind as this is all developing? Um, I was mostly thinking of how can I get away from this mob? It seemed like they were clearly trying to threaten me personally. I was somewhat surprised that I was their target. I thought that they were just chasing us. I didn't expect this since I didn't think it was going to be as controversial controversial to say an American campus that American values are a good thing. American values are worth protecting. Uh, I don't think they like Colonel West's message that <laughs> he did experience racism. Yeah. He grew up in the 1960s, 1970s in the South, but he overcame that and he decided not to be a victim, not to look at himself as a victim. And that America gave him that equality of opportunity that many other countries don't. And I think these like people like to see themselves as the victim and his message fundamentally challenged yeah, that. They want to maintain that victimhood because victimhood is powerful. Did you recognize any of the people that were doing this to you? Um, I recognized them from earlier in the day. Since starting at two o'clock, they held a protest at school where they were similar. They were shouting similar chants and they actually marched through our campus. Pretty much anyone on campus could hear their screaming, their yelling. They disrupted classes. People were pouring out of classes to see See what was happening so i did recognize them from earlier but primarily they seem to be students from the school understood that's scary it's clear the far left only wants their voice heard certainly hope that you maintain your your strength here does hopefully this doesn't deter you from bringing other people to campus alan west is a really good guy he happens to be a conservative african-american man and he's one that is well known public servant uh, served in Congress a couple of years, so he's been he's been down the road a couple of times. And this was a special meeting on a college campus up in the Northeast. And what it was to present an African American, a conservative African American, to discuss how life has happened 
and what he has done to handle being a conservative in the United States of America right now and being a person of color. And so instead of that being lauded by African Americans, fellow African Americans or other people of color at this university and say, hey, here's some real progressive diversity. We're going to hear from somebody that made it and he made it not based on his skin color. But what stuck out in that story to you more than anything? Let me tell you what stuck out to me. The left is willing to weaponize everything. They find a political narrative in everything that happens in the world that they can use to weaponize politically against a political opponent. And often those things have nothing to do with the reality of them. And it doesn't matter. That's not an issue to them. All that matters is, hey, 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 here's another bullet that I can pull and put in my political attack gun and go after those who think differently than do I. And this is not just an isolated event, folks. This is happening across the nation. We certainly aren't hearing about it all, but that doesn't mean it's not there. It is there. It is growing. And it is desperately serious. You just need to be watching for it. Be careful to not get caught up in it. And when I say not caught up in it, I'm not saying don't have conversations. Don't interact with these people. In fact, exactly the opposite is true. Don't get into shouting, screaming matches. Don't get into physical hand-to-hand issues where people just go blathering crazy. You don't want to be that. But you need to make sure the truth is being heard. Find ways to do that in your environment. And I'm, I'm 68. I'm doing that in my environment. And you may look at me and say, I don't have a show. I don't have any way to do it. But you have a circle of influence that I'm not a part of. Yours is full of people that I don't even have a clue. They don't have a clue who I am. But you have an obligation to be to them what they need to see will be successful in their lives. And you can only do that if you interact with them. If you just live your life in a cocoon, a little circle, and you never get out of your cocoon, you're not providing any real positives for those in your life. None of us, none of us should be in that mode. And if you're there, find a way to get out of it, get out of it quickly, because we need you. You remember all the hoo-ha that came up about Black Lives Matter, that uh, big mansion conclave they bought in California, $6 million. Well, they just recently purchased it, and they say it was for the purpose of cultivating joy among the black community. They really said that, folks. Their purpose was to cultivate joy among the black community. Joy is a radical act, they said, as a practice And as an experience, joy is something that can heal and sustain us when times are tough. But joy also provides opportunities to explore the possibilities beyond the limits of our daily lives. Black Lives Matter, which is under scrutiny over the misuse of donated funds, 
said the 6,500-square-foot mansion is going to be used for fellows who wish to learn how to be joyful during the challenges of the modern world. Creating opportunities for joyful expression is increasingly necessary, but often few and far between, they said in a statement. The Black Lives Matter Global Network seeks to change that with a new creative fellowship program. So nobody understands, nobody knows why Black Lives Matter believes that six million bucks that they threw in that California mansion is suited for the fellowship rather than a less convenient location with a glamorous cost. But the organization claims the house is going to operate as a living space for those seeking joy and communal space for collaboration, which includes a garden space for artists who wish to utilize it for dreaming, meditating, and building joy. Okay, here's the deal. I got a trip coming up to California. I'm thinking about finding a a place that I can get away and just, you know, get out of the circle of all the craziness that we are facing 24-7 in our lives, maybe for two or three, maybe four, maybe a week. And I love L.A. I love that part of the, the state of California. I really like Newport Beach, which is in Orange County, a little bit south of downtown Los Angeles. But this this house isn't there, but it's in another really good part of Los Angeles. And I, I like to sit outside and I write and I like to be where I'm in nature. You know, I enjoy that. I wonder what telephone number I use to call and make a reservation. After all, I'm one of those people they're talking about. I'm looking for a place where I can dream, meditate, and build joy. You think they'd let me stay there for a week? (laughs) Maybe a short two or three night vacation? I don't think it's going to happen. In just a moment when we come back, Jim Jordan, Ohio congressman, and he gives us the skinny what's really going on with this Hunter Biden laptop debacle. What up, y'all? It's DJ Envy, and I'm teaming up with Turtle Wax this summer to make sure your rides are clean, shiny, protected, and even disinfected. Because whether you're hitting the streets or heading out on the highway to the beach, Turtle Wax will make sure your vehicle is looking, smelling, and feeling amazing. Turtle Wax is the only brand that I trust with my fleet of supercars. And y'all know how many cars I keep in my garage, right? Check out TurtleWax.com to learn more, and be sure to buy now at TurtleWax.com or anywhere you shop for car care. Dinner, dinner, dinner. Every day you have to think of what's for dinner. Well, now Subway has a solution that is sure to please every person you have to feed for that last meal of the day. It's called Dinner Tonight. Every day after 4 p.m., Subway is offering a Dinner Tonight special, which includes two regular 6-inch subs, two bags of chips, and two 21-ounce fountain drinks, all for just $11.99. This offer is available all day long on Sundays. Subway of Kodiak. Eat fresh. Are you sure we should be out here? It's just pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Swing! <sighs> Bob? Whoa. Looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer. Yahoo! 
Standard carrier text messaging rates apply. In a world where a president can be censored by social media in his own country, you need a break from the madness. Your doctor of sanity again, Dan Newman. I don't know about that doctor of sanity, but I'm a doctor of research. Research to me is a 24-7 thing. If I'm awake, I'm watching, I'm looking, I'm learning about things that are in the environment in which I live. We all need to do that, at least a little bit more. Not everybody can do what I do here, and I can't do everything that you do. And to be honest with you, I don't want to do everything that you do, and I'm sure you don't want to do everything that I do. Just learn how to be the best that you can in your world. I'll do the same for mine. And when we interact, let's do it peaceably. Let's do it in love. And we may think differently about some important things. You know what? That's okay. That's okay. God made us all different. We all have different personalities. And that means we can learn so much from each other when we interact if we're just open to it. Why don't we give that a whirl? Jim Jordan. I have a lot of respect for the congressman. He is a matter-of-fact guy. He's a to-the-point Cut to the chase, let's get to the realities of everything going on and be able to latch a hold of the truth with which we can make good decisions in our lives. And this Hunter Biden laptop thing, it opened up a big can of worms for not just Hunter Biden, but for the President of the United States and every member of his family and everybody from Joe Biden on down in the Biden family syndicate, they are beside themselves. They're scared. They're afraid as they probably should be because it is very apparent that there is far more to the Hunter Biden laptop story than the mainstream media and the political left have been telling us for the last two years when it was first revealed to be a really big deal in the run-up to the campaign for the presidency in 2020. Mainstream media they poo-pot it and pushed it to the back. And we kind of forgot about it until the last month or two. And it's back out there. And folks, it's real. Here's Jim Jordan. This is the gun. It's not hard. Wrong soundbite. I'm sorry. <laughs> I make a mistake once in a long time. That was my one. Here's Jim Jordan. On October 22nd, 2020, just two weeks before the most important election we have, election for president of the United States, then-candidate Biden said regarding his son's dealing with, uh, dealings with foreign companies, quote, nothing was unethical. My son has not made money from Chinese business interest. Now, there are 4.8 million reasons why that statement was not accurate. And how do we know? How do we know that statement was not accurate? The Washington Post told us so last week. Not Mike Johnson, not President Trump, not Republicans. The Washington Post told us this last week. They did two stories last Wednesday, one at 11 a.m., one at 11.04 a.m. Two eight-page stories, four minutes apart, confirming what we already knew. The laptop was real. The eyewitness was real. The emails were real. The only thing fake 18 months ago in the run-up to the presidential election was the news. I find that amazing. Two eight-page stories four minutes apart, saying every the laptop is accurate, all the, the emails are accurate, saying this from the Washington Post when for 18 months they said, no, 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 it was Russian disinformation. I mean, think about what happened in the run-up to the most important election we have. Big media, big tech, and Democrats all colluded to bury, to bury that story. 
something I think the American people would have liked to have known a little something about as they went to the polls to elect the commander in chief. And oh, they were joined, not just, it wasn't just big tech, big media and Democrats telling us something that wasn't true. They were joined by 51 former intelligence officials who told us it was Russian disinformation. Now think about this. This is funny how the story has changed. First, it wasn't his laptop. Then it was, oh yeah, it was his laptop, but it was Russian disinformation. Then it was, no, it wasn't dis Russian disinformation, but Joe Biden wasn't involved. And now it was, oh yeah, Joe was involved, but he did nothing wrong. Amazing how that's all changed in 18 months. So I look forward to hearing from our witnesses and figuring out what we can do with the Foreign Agent Registration Act of 1938. Probably does need some changes, something done to it. But the title of today's hearing is Enhancing FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act of 1938. How about we just figure out a way to apply it consistently? As the ranking member said in his opening statements, this has been used just about anyone who was involved in the Trump campaign had it used against them to get information and do a prosecution, do the whole Mueller investigation, which found out there was no collusion. We obviously had collusion here. Maybe it does need to be applied, at least in a consistent fashion, to Hunter Biden. We know Hunter Biden took millions of dollars from the wife of the mayor of Moscow. You know, he, we know he took millions of dollars from energy companies in Ukraine and millions of dollars from companies in China with ties to the Chinese Communist Party, including, as the ranking member mentioned, CEFC, which paid him $4.8 million in one year's time. Should Hunter Biden have registered under this act? Why didn't he register under this act? Why is the Department of Justice being inconsistent? At least that's what it seems. When, as the ranking member said, only seven people were prosecuted between 1966 and 2016. And then, shazam, they started using it against everyone associated with President Trump's campaign, it seemed. So uh, this is important. The, the, the chairman of the committee just said, we're not here today to discuss individuals. But I do think the American people would like to know the truth about this story and why it was kept from them, kept from we the people, prior to, as I said before, the most important election we have in this nation. That's important information, and I hope we can begin to dig into that. This committee should dig into that. We should be all about making sure the American people get the truth and not have, as I said before, big tech, big media, Democrats, and former 50, uh, 51 former Intel officials tell us something in the run-up to the election that was not accurate. I don't remember a time in my life when I was listening to any congressional committee hearing that a speaker spoke for four minutes and it was totally silent, no interruptions, analytical, just listening to facts. That's what you just heard from Jim Jordan. Hey guys, another day, another week. <laughs> Middle of the week in April, almost summertime. Hey, listen, you have a great Tuesday. Check in on the news. Make sure you read today's story at truthnewsnet.org. Until we get back tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, let's end on a positive note with a good song with great words. Thinking back when we first met I remember what you said You said you never leave me Yeah 
let go of your hand Build my castle in the sand But now I'm reaching out again And I'm not letting go Till you hold me Mold me Sometimes I feel so all Gotta find my way back home So I don't hear Shape me Make me Wash me whiter than the snow I gotta find my Just wanna be the clay. Mm, put your arms around me. Yeah. Place my life in your hands, Lord. I know. Cause I'm lost in 